Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Carr, and tonight I've had a, the chance to catch up a little bit more on the drama, the wonder, the 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 show that is this uh, impeachment trial. Uh, so I mentioned last week, of course, that I'd been sort of been taking a look at a few things, and by and large, you know, things have been going very much along that same vein. Now, we are at the point in this whole thing where I don't think that even the best writers for some of the most, you know, acclaimed courtroom or, uh, you know, political dramas of the 90s and the, the 2000s, right? Things like your, you know, your law and orders before it got so many abbreviations that they've run out of letters of the alphabet, right? Your West Wing, your, uh, you know, your shows like that. Right, you're a few good men, thin red line, like these sorts of courtroom dramas. I we are quickly approaching very much the old adage that you know the truth is always stranger than fiction. Um, you know, on top of all the other things that have already been going on, I mean, we are hearing uh, in these opening statements and in these these ongoing uh, stages of the Senate trial for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Is or more accurately, because he he has been impeached again. Just to clarify some language, and now the trial and whether or not he'd actually should actually be removed from office. Um, you know, as I've already discussed, it's very much still the the Republicans are leaning on very much their their loyalties. The lawyers, in a very strange turn of events, of course, are now using arguments that they used in favor of impeachment or of removal of office of, say, Bill Clinton, you know, two decades ago, to now arguing the exact opposite side or using the exact same arguments on why Trump should not be removed. Uh, so, of course, we've already heard again is is one of the main points of this Senate trial has been that Trump has not actually committed any crimes and therefore cannot be removed from office, uh, which is fundamentally not true. Uh, if uh, not, not the part that he hasn't committed a crime in the, in that, you know, strictly speaking, you know, but it's the whole, that can't be used as the justification for removal from office. Again, that is by basically every constitutional lawyer's purview is exactly not what that's supposed to be. In fact, the entire mechanism of impeachment and removal from office is supposed to be in a case where there may not have been a crime committed, but it's anyway, without going too much into the legalese of that, uh, they're using arguments such as, again, it is completely and perfectly accessible for somebody to be uh, discussing uh, political assistance from other leaders and that there is absolutely no wrongdoing there whatsoever, which again, that's a scary precedent. Um, and now we've got a case where again, as a few of these cracks are starting to show in some of the arguments and not just the arguments. One of the things that we talked about last week or that I mentioned last week was that again, the Senate is being incredibly insistent about no witnesses being called or basically no further evidence being able to present it and saying that that was Congress's job when they had it on the books. And if you'll recall, uh, just before we all broke, uh, broke for the holidays, was this was one of the reasons that Nancy Pelosi was so slow in bringing the articles of impeachment to the Senate in the first place. Because she was having a hell of a time getting Mitch McConnell to agree to a fair trial. Because that Kentucky man just cannot seem to have a fair horse in the race. And so, 
with this issue is now we're having a very, very unique situation where it's starting to cause a few Republicans to now sit up in their chairs again. One of the problems for this whole thing is that, again, is that the the Republicans only have a slim majority in the Senate. They have a majority, but it's a slim one. And even a few Republicans that break ranks are really dangerous to the president, and he knows it. And so on the one side, of course, this is the Democrats also know this, and they have very much been focusing probably the bulk of their arguments very much on that rational uh, thinking, honest to God, like, look, just look at the evidence and use your eyes and use your own brain instead of, again, the the gross overreaching of boundaries in the separations of what is supposed to be the separations of these powers in the American system. Again, another one of the arguments that the the Trump lawyers are using in that the use of impeachment as this, you know, weapon against the president, uh, just because of partisan means or because they didn't like the results of the election, uh, is that, you know, this has actually been deliberately used as a tool to override the checks and balances. What? So Congress asking for or going forward with impeachment is overriding the checks and balances. But the White House explicitly telling the Republican senators on how to vote is not okay. We're just going to file that one on some of the stupider bullshit that I've heard in the last few days, and we're just going to move right along now. So, (sighs) right, where are we now? In the theme of the fact that we've got all of these senators that are starting to waffle a little bit, another new revelation has come out uh, from another one of Trump's former advisors. Not the first one to sort of mention a few of these little odd things. This time uh, from one who's been a pretty close supporter of the president for a long time and one who, again, had served in his cabinet, John Bolton. Now, who was John Bolton? Well, John Bolton was Trump's national security advisor uh, from about mid-2017 to late 2018. Uh, he He was chosen to fill the spot that was vacated by uh, Michael Flynn. And you remember that Flynn, it was one of the advisors that uh, resigned rather ungracefully uh, over, again, other scandals and concerns that were going on with the handling of, of Trump's use. So that, that in of itself was an odd sort of thing. Now, Bolton has, was very much seemed to be a good fit for, uh, you know, for the Trump White House. He was very much a, and has been described as a hawk, a war hawk, as, as the short term goes. Someone who has advocated for uh, active U.S. military force to be used to uh, force regime regime change in countries that don't want to play ball with the United States. Things like f- using the American military to force force regime change in North Korea, in Iran, in Syria, in I was going to say Libya, but Libya had kind of already gone through a bunch of that by the time Trump became president, Um, right? Being able to actively use the United States military to put in different governments that are more favorable to, I mean, on the surface democracy, but, you know, American business interests, at least. Um, He had 
been very much instrumental in uh, helping destroy and dismantle the Iranian uh, nuclear deal. And it was one of the advisors that very much tr pressured Trump into doing that, which they did during his tenure as national security advisor. Um, he was an outspoken advocate of the original uh, invasion of Iraq back in 2001, 2002. Uh, he, oh, what else? Um, he still supports that war, by the way. He very much, he is, he is an advocate of using the force of the United States to impose her will on other places. Uh, and so he seemed very much a fit. And it was actually a bit of a worrying fit, too, because, again, he was far more uh, hawkish than his predecessor. But after things were going on, I guess things didn't go quite the way. Of course, this is also seeming to be an odd choice because this was at the height of a lot of the the more of the positive sort of discussions that were starting to happen between the United States and North Korea, as positive as those discussions could ever be. Um, but eventually Bolton got kicked out. Uh, he was replaced by uh, McMaster, which was also a controversial choice because normally uh, national security advisors and members of the civilian government of the United States are not supposed to be uh, military officers, which was also a problem that Mattis had because Mattis had only been re anyway, more rules being broken that should not really come as any surprise with this particular president of the United States of America. Now, one of the interesting things that has happened around Bolton, so you have some of that context of why this guy is sort of important and why he might have this information, is he's writing a book. Now, that's not at all unusual for people in the political sphere. It is very, very common for people in the political sphere or the or military sphere, especially if you're an officer of a very high standing, a flag officer, a general, an admiral, whatever, you retire, you write your memoirs, you cash in a little bit on the book sales on top of your uh, pension or, or whatnot, and then you maybe do a few signings. It's just, it is a standard thing of political life. Uh, Michelle and uh, Obama, or Michelle and Barack Obama have both done it. Uh, Clinton has done it. All of the Clintons have done it. Um, Right. Go back. Like, right. I'm sure George W. Bush has got a book out there somewhere. Uh, they've all done it. It's it's just a thing you do in politics. Uh, of course, this book, uh, which was, I think, very aptly named The Room Where It Happens, which I appreciate as a Hamilton fan, has been one of the things apparently that is in this manuscript that, of course, because it is about things in an active administration, of course, they have to vet it for you know national security concerns is the White House has the manuscript of this book. And apparently in it, Bolton makes reference to being asked to withhold uh, and talk about wanting uh, Trump wanting to withhold military aid to you, the Ukraine until the Ukraine publicly declares and, and publicly admits that they are investigating the Bidens at more specifically Hunter Biden, which is the crux of this entire argument as to why Trump was impeached. And so now you have another uh, formerly high-ranking advisor within Trump's cabinet that is saying that these things may have happened and that, you know, that essentially written evidence is there. And there is a fight going on in the impeachment trial today to get Bolton to now testify as a witness at the trial. And there are a few Republicans now who are very much sitting up, who are very much paying attention, and who are putting out their... Actually, you know what? I'd very much like to hear from from John right about now. I think I think that Mr. Bolton should come before this and maybe should talk to us, which, again, not surprising. 
And so now we're in this debate of, is he going to get called? Are the, the Democrats going to be able to convince enough Republicans that this should be heard? Of course, you've got some that are saying like, well, yeah, if it's totally uh, not true, then of course we'll get him here to testify. Of course, in this revelation, you now have uh, the entirety of the Republican, the diehard Trump loyalist camp decrying uh, Bolton as a traitor, as a turncoat, as a backstabber, as pick your adjective. I've seen uh, a prominent preacher who has met both uh, Bolton and Trump while they were both serving in the White House, um, saying that Jesus Christ himself would come down and kick the, the, the snot out of you if he were here today, which I'm pretty sure that that's the same Jesus Christ we're talking about who went into the temples and started throwing out people for changing money and, and, you know, things like that. I'm just making sure that we're talking about the same JC here. Uh, you've got all kinds of, uh, you know, again, former people that who used to, again, laud praise on this man, of course, turning their backs on, on the moment that he decides to actually have a, conscience which really i think all of that is even more this whole tactic of of you know discreditation and, and everything that we've been seeing is again i'd very much like to see him testify i'd also like to have you know something of a fair trial going on and and not having mitch mcconnell control all of the everything because that fine kentucky man can just go get wrecked so that's kind of where we're at for the day it's it's again it's going to be very interesting to see if he is actually subpoenaed to appear he said he will if he would uh basically because he was having his lawyers check to make sure that he wasn't going to get in seven kinds of shit back in uh in november and he'd said that he would not appear because he hadn't confirmed that checking it he has no said he would so i guess we'll we'll see where that goes so it should be another, another interesting week i suppose uh, oh i also forgot the white house itself had actually formally basically threatened bolton if he were to appear before the senate so yay i guess but that's all from me for today uh, of course as always if you have any thoughts questions etc and you want to hear more about that then of course uh, us at unfurl.net or hit up the telegram channel in fact that is where i got that final prompt so absolutely i'm listening so thank you for bringing that to my attention uh, but as always my name is Carr. enjoy the rest of unfurled